Come on, let's give Jesus some praise in this house today. He's been better than good to us. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Man, it is such an awesome honor and privilege to be with you this morning. And uh, whew, I'm wrecked. So we're going to see how this goes today. Probably battling through some joyful expressions of tears, laughter, uncontrollable bursts of energy. I go ahead and apologize ahead of time for what's about to happen. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys and this house, um, Pastor Jim and Mary, Pastor Sean, Cheryl, the whole staff here, for their love and life-giving attributes that they've sown into my life. And uh, I would not be here today if it wasn't for my beautiful bride. I want to give it up for Miss Abby, formerly Grove, now Jarman. So we've been married since May of this past year. Yeah, yeah. Queen, Queen Abby. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yes, and family, mom and dad here. And uh, we're, just, we're just so blessed to be here. And uh, CSSM students, any in the house? Come on, make some louder noise than that, CSM students, CSSM students. Uh, I have the uh, honor and privilege at the Pickerington campus. For those who don't know me, um, I'm the associate leader of the CSSM uh, school in Pickerington, and I get to partner with uh, Pastor Sean, and uh, we love it down there. And my pastors, Josh and Channing Lawrence, down there as well, they send their love. And it's just so awesome that we have such a great family in the city of Columbus. Man, aren't you thankful for the house of the Lord that we have a family in Pickerington, we have a family in Powell, we're all united under the banner of love. So I'm really excited. Could you do me a favor, though? I know we were standing for a little bit. Could you just stand up if you're able to? And I know that probably in school and in your house you were told never to point at someone, but I'm going to give you permission right now to do so. So I want you to find three people around you. I want you to point at them. I want you to look at them in the eye and say, something good is going to happen to you today. I said point at them, not on them. <laughs> yeah. At my house, when I was growing up, we heard that on the television from Dr. Oral Roberts, and I loved it. I've always wanted to be able to say that and speak that and use that. Now I want you to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart and say, something good is happening to me today. Amen. And see, here's the good news that I have is that whether this message makes an impact on your life today or not, I know personally that I've already made an impact on Zion. Here's how. It was a Wednesday afternoon at around 3.30 p.m. I work for a company that does audio video installation with Mr. Jungle Man John Musagala in the house. We had the opportunity to put up with sound uh, panels in the back wall, move some speakers around. So uh, Wednesday, actually October 6th at approximately 3.30 p.m., I was coming back into the church parking lot to pick up something. And as I was making my right turn into the parking lot, um, if this is you, there's no condemnation. I want to let you know that there's grace. The altar's full here. It's very, I mean, it's, it's very empty. But if you'd like to come up for me to lay hands on you suddenly, I'll be glad to do that. But as I was approaching to the back of the church, if we could get the first slide up, is that possible, guys? Are we good with that? David Gooding? Looking. Oh, yes. So I have left my mark on Zion whether this message does or not, because uh, the next one is the, the blazer, the damage that happened. Can we get that, David? Is that possible? Oh, there we go. Oh, work vehicle. 
And so the next picture of the car and suspect, if we could get that. So if you or your grandmother owns a lime green Ford Focus, just see me after service and we'll make amends. I'm just kidding. So anyhow, I was coming around the corner and this car was flying out of the parking lot. So whether this message makes an impact on your life or not, I have, with all things in my heart, know that I have left an impact on Zion. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Yes and amen. So... As uh, this was happening, uh, actually, uh, I called Sean because I, I saw Pastor Sean's car. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? I was like, hey, is everything okay? I'm like, not really. Do you mind stepping outside for a minute? So after all this happened and uh, we were just kind of having fun with it, Sean and I decided there is an illustrated message in here somewhere or a series. So we were texting back and forth, and so today's message titles could be coming out as Leaving Your Mark or Brace for Impact, How to Bounce Back. Shaken, not stood. Bend or be bent. Blazers are overcomers. And last but not least, my favorite and the forthcoming autobiographical book, Dinged but not destroyed. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I love laughing. Isn't it good? Joy's good. Joy's not an emotion. Joy's a person, and joy is Jesus, and I love him a whole lot. So um, before we get into the message, uh, can we just go after something real quick? I, I love the fact that we've gone after healing this morning, that, that we go after it. We just don't talk about it, that we make it happen in the atmosphere. But I have a question. Is there anyone in the building that's 45 years or older that is going to early retirement or you are retired, you're coming into retirement, or you're semi-retired? Would you raise your hand? Okay. Now that you've raised your hand, let us know who that is. Would you stand up for me? Yes. Yeah, 45 and older, guys, not if you're just 45 years old. Sorry, let me clarify that. 45 years or older. And I, I really felt, I was talking to uh, Pastor Josh this past week, and I really feel like there's, there's some of us that are getting to that point in time that we're heading into retirement age, semi-retired, early retirement. There you go. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, now, now they're standing up more. Okay. When, the, when a prophetic word is about to be given, oh, okay, now I know I'm standing. So I just believe that this is not a season that God is not calling you into a season of retirement, that actually you're stepping into a season of refirement, that you yourself are a walking refirement center, you're not a retirement center, that people that come in contact with you are gonna receive the fire that you carry, and that we need you, the generations under you need you. So can we just thank God for that word right now? Amen. You may be seated. So today I wanna to talk about holiness. Wow. For a split second, the air came out of the room. It was like, oh, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Because we're at Zion, and everything we talk about at Zion is good. So we, we actually sang a lot about it, holiness uh, going into deeper waters. That's what holiness is. It's relationally pulling us into deeper waters with the Lord. You know, there is no one like you in the heavens or in the earth. Man, that's who our God is. He's a holy God. Um, Psalms 96 and verse 9 through the legal translation that I can read here from the Passion Translation. Come worship the Lord God wearing the splendor of holiness. Let everyone wait and wonder as they tremble in awe before him. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that your word is life to us. So, Father, I just pray that um, your spirit land on these words, carry them into our hearts, and let you speak what you want to release over us. Amen. Grace that does not lead us into holiness really isn't grace. 
It's grace outside of God. And uh, this morning, as I'm unpacking this, I want to let you know that I've been through a personal journey over the last one to two months um, going through this. When I first heard the phrase holiness coming in my mind because I'm walking in, thank you, God, for grace and love and mercy, I, I, I thought that was the voice of the enemy because, oh, no, no, holiness is a bad word from back in the 60s and 70s, and it makes me think of a holiness church movement. And some of you that are my age or older can understand what I'm talking about. Okay, so there was a knee-jerk reaction to that. So as I began to receive this for myself personally, I felt that there was more to it. So I'm usually a free-flowing kind of guy. That's how I, I really just, you know, flow with the Lord. But today, if you see me looking down on my screen, it's because I want to make sure that I'm getting out everything that I felt the Lord wants to release to us today. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, cool. Awesome. So grace that does not lead us into holiness really isn't grace. Um, grace is the mortar that holds the foundational blocks of our lives together. Precept upon precept, truth upon truth, from glory to glory. And holiness is one of those foundational blocks. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, in the ESV version, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up, a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Grace extended to us is how much God loves me. Holiness, which is wholeness, completion, and relationship pursued, is how much I respond to that and how much I'm going after God. Grace is how much God loves me. The pursuit of holiness is how much I'm going after God or how much my heart is leaned towards him. Does that make sense? You follow me? Okay, good. You know, Jesus talks about a man who built his house on sand and a man that built his house on the rock. And the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And I want the all truth in my life. I don't want just what my spiritual stomach wants to eat, which is a lot of heavenly pizza. So good. So good. You know, I will tell you this. Listen, guys, I am in shape. Round is a shape. Okay? I'm in the fitness protection program, so I'm allowed to talk about I talk a lot about food because there's actually more scriptures in the Bible about feasting than there is about fasting. Can I get an amen? Glory to God. Amen, you're dismissed. See you guys later. No, honestly, it's the marriage supper of the lamb. It's not the marriage sackcloth and ashes of the lamb. So I like to feast. Amen. <laughs> but honestly, even in fasting, fasting out of grace, fasting out of leading into holiness is an act of self-willpower, uh, self-starvation because we're doing it in our own strength. Holiness is not a dirty word. <laughs> it's a good word. Um, some of us cringe when we hear that word because of past experiences in churches that were indoctrinated in the ditch of religion on the path of life. And so here are some examples, uh, an acronym that many, many of you who are at least 40, 35 or older, and those of you who are younger, you're so, you're so blessed to have been in, able to enter into the teachings that the church has received over the last 20 years grace and mercy. So just bear with me as I talk to the elderly saints, as myself included in that. Abby's not, I am. So an acronym for holiness to some of us could sound like this. Humiliation for the H, O for obeying, L for law, I for introspection, N for no, just, just straight up no, <laughs> E for the end of days, S for sacrifice, and the other S for suffering, Okay. So I want to show you, this is a picture of what I would refer to as a holiness couple uh, from what I grew up in. This was, uh, if we can get this on the screen, the picture. 
of the couple. There we go. That's what I think about when I think about what holiness, when I grew up in holiness, this was what the picture of holiness looked like. Anyone can attest to that or agree to that? Does that make sense? Okay. You can take that off. Let's get the Zion logo on there quickly. Some of the statements you might have encountered about holiness is a life of holiness is a life of total devotion to God separated from fun. I mean, the world. Okay. Holiness is living out the 611 laws of the Torah, plus the two additional laws being the first two of the Ten Commandments, perfectly and seemingly effortlessly. Holiness is only listening to 104.9 The River and never watching R-rated movies unless it is the passion of the Christ. (laughs) Holiness is making his his list, and when he checks his list, and he checks it twice, He sees that I've been micromanaging that list, and I have a few ideas of things he needs to add to that list, okay? Holiness is next to unhappiness. Holiness is buns up, skirts down, makeup gone, and just piano for the sound. That's what holiness is. See, none of those examples actually tell us what holiness is, uh, and that's the problem because we're called to be holy as he is holy. I struggle in this age of grace of hearing uh, the aspect of what some people deem as as holiness as separating from. You can do that for a while, and you can do it in your own strength, and you can try to be a Christian. I'm letting you know that trying to be a Christian almost killed me because you can't. Trying to be a Christian is like me trying to be more of a son of my mom and dad. I can't. I already am. Does that make sense? Okay. Glad it makes sense to you because I'm still trying to figure out if it makes sense to me. So... How do we uh, understand what being holy looks like if we don't understand the definition? Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. Holiness is a journey into God's presence. It is separating unto and not separating from. The separating unto takes care of the separating from. Because when I start looking and start getting a list of what I don't do or, you know, I'm setting my focus. Whatever I focus on, I magnify. So if I'm focusing on what I'm not doing and what I'm not participating in, then I'm starting to give holiness as a list of rules and regulations. There's no freedom in that. And most of us growing up in church experience that, the stink of religion. We look good on the outside. We had a form of godliness, but we denied the power to change us. That's what Jesus said when he said, Depart from me, I never knew you. Do all the things, do all the work. Guys, I grew up in church. Literally, my mom's water broke in teaching Sunday school. I grew up in this. And so I was a child of the faith movement. My mom and dad got radically changed in the 70s when the charismatic renewal swept the church, and they had a passionate relationship with Jesus. I grew up with a passionate relationship with the church, and there is a difference. Knowledge of him and knowing him are not the same thing. So when I talk about trying to be a Christian, that means doing it in your own strength. Just like approaching holiness, if we do that into our own strength, it's all about us and what we're focusing on inwardly and not about the beauty of holiness. It's not about just the awe and wonder of who he is. Amen? Amen. We have received a righteousness that cannot be earned in a million years of good behavior. Think about that. We have a righteousness that cannot be improved upon. We have the righteousness of Christ. And Christ is the way to holiness. 
How many married couples do we have here in the house? Amen to that. I heard that. Shay Tay, come on. What if marriage is not about happiness, but is about holiness? Because there's a lot of scriptures about the bride and the groom. Because when I think about Abby, I naturally, because of my love and my affection for her, that being the driving force, don't do certain things. I don't go certain places because I don't want to disrupt the intimacy that I have with her. That's what going after holiness is all about. It is being set unto. And as I'm set unto, I'm a blessed man. Thank you, Jesus. As I'm set unto, the separating from naturally happens. And that's good. Holiness is joy-filled. It's glory-filled. It's not a list of do's and do nots. Thank you, Jesus. Here's another example. Um, I want to paint a picture of a spiritual food buffet, like the Golden Corral of the Kingdom or Hometown Buffet of Heaven. Everybody remembers Hometown Buffet. Mm. Bread of Heaven. A little bit of butter on it. Okay. Maybe your parents growing up, and when I say parents, maybe even the Capital C Church force-fed you things. And they said, eat it because it's good for you. This is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. The church that I grew up in was notorious for shooting on people. Shooting on people. Shooting. Shooting on people. Don't hear what I didn't say. Shooting on people. Shooting. Shooting. S-H-O-U-L-D. I-N-G, shooting on people, okay? So you were force-fed this meal. Broccoli. The gospel of broccoli. And you ate it, and you had to eat it, because you had to satisfy mom and dad. You had to satisfy it. So you ate it, and you hated it. When you got to make choices of what you got to eat, that's the furthest thing from your mind. Anytime it was presented to you because it was force-fed to you, Oh, no, I detest that. I hate that. And after a million no's, one day something happened, and you're like, you know what? I'll try it again. It's been 37 years. Will broccoli really kill me? And then you taste it. You're like, wow, it's not too bad. I'm not going to tell anybody it's not too bad, but it's not too bad, especially my parents. No. I want them to know how bad they scarred me for life about broccoli. So your palate changes over time. And just like in your intimate relationship with one another and the Lord, your palate changes. So food becomes more palatable because when it's not being force-fed and it's brought to you out of an invitation, hey, would you like to try some broccoli? I don't know why I'm picking broccoli, but that's what we're going for. It looks like I eat none of it. So, But you're, you're, you have an invitation. The invitation into holiness is hand-delivered by Holy Spirit. It's say, hey, come. Come into the more. Deep cries unto deep. We're going into deeper waters. That's where I want to take you. But it's an invitation. Because what it looks like for me will be different than what it looks like for you. And I thank God for that freedom that we have in Christ. To work out our own salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. Amen. On the path of life, there's a ditch on both sides. I don't know about you, but I, I spent my life outside of grace and religion, and I would always overcorrect. 
okay, I'm going after God, and if I just read my Bible more, and if I Hail Marys, and if I read Psalms 45 times in a month, then I'll be good. But if I miss it, then I end up on a ditch. And what happens is I can't live this life, so I'll overcorrect, and I'll go into another ditch. That's what, what I've encountered holiness meant, is that I can never attain it. It can never impact me. It can never be something that God is holy, and I'm nowhere near holy because it's all about what I do outside of the blood. But thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. Because as Teresa was praying in our pre-service prayer, she mentioned a pendulum swinging. And we, we before in the last 20 years of the Capital C Church swing far to the right. Rules, regulation, law, 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 what you do, what you don't do. And then we swing way over here to the left. Grace, 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 some of it without God. But I believe the coming movement of holiness is bringing us back into balance on the path of life. Because holiness is relationship. Amen? Proverbs 16, 17. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Um, when I think of holiness as well, you know, I, like I said, this personal um, journey that I've been on for myself, I'm going to spill water all over me. Oh, yes, okay. Okay. So we're going to have a silent pause for water. It's okay. You can check Facebook right now. <laughs> I know you're already doing it, so it's okay. I'm sorry. But when I think of holiness, and uh, a, a lot of my mind goes to Old Covenant. Because we refer to the scriptures in the word, in the old covenant, about holiness. There's a lot of talk about holy God, holiness, living holy in the Old Testament. And guys, let me tell you, there's a big difference between the old covenant and the new covenant and the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a better covenant, thank you, Jesus. The old covenant, nah, couldn't work. The old covenant didn't last. Therefore, Jesus came. But the Old Testament... It's just an Older Testament of Jesus. The New Testament is a Newer Testament of Jesus. But in the Old Covenant aspect of God with the children of Israel, I think about it like this. So I, I'm into sci-fi. Um, I love Lord of the Rings. It's one of, it's, you know, Bible, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. And so I, I, I think about concepts in the spirit realm like this. And so when I think about God dealing with the children of Israel, I think about behavior modification. How many parents do we have here in the room? Okay, I have four amazing, amazing children. When they were younger, my thoughts were, please behave in public 24-7. Don't you do that. Please don't do that. Please. I'm grinning at you saying, please don't do that. Inside, I want to scream at you. Please be good. Have good behavior in school. Please have good behavior at home. Especially, please have good behavior at church. And basically anywhere in public, just behave. Just behave. Just follow what I say. Just do what I'm saying do. And we look at how that worked in the Old Covenant, and it didn't work, did it? So when I think about that, I think about a story. I think about Jesus. Like Jesus is in heaven. He went off to college. Or he's like, you know, on a missions project watching the, the, the words his father spoke. Now, and this is, this is thought for thought, okay? This is not doctrine. This is not eschatology, okay? Follow me. Don't start throwing stones yet. 
So Jesus is going to college or he's on a mission project just checking out, you know, the word that his father spoke, let there be light, just checking out the universe expand. And, you know, and so here's creation happening. And uh, God is so frustrated with humanity. He's just like, oh, my gosh, my kids, they just won't listen. They just won't behave. When I think of holiness, I think of behavior modification until I entered grace and, and understood what grace does. Outside of that, I think about Jesus coming home from college, you know, university college, whatever. The university, univ- okay. So he's like, Dad, how you doing? He's like, man, son, I'm, I'm so happy to see you. So happy to see you. I'm so frustrated. These kids just won't behave. And he said, Dad, I just, I know your character. I've seen your, the expanse of the universe. I've been with you since the creation of time. And I just, I just think that, he's like, I'm just frustrated, Jesus. I just, they won't behave long enough that I can spend time with them. And Jesus said, hey, they don't see you like I see you, and you don't see them the way I see them. Let me come and intervene. Let me be the bridge. Let me be the gap. That's why Jesus is the path of holiness, that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the Father, that when Jesus looks at the Father and we're seated there, he sees his son. He sees us through Jesus' eyes. That connection of holiness, that connection of intimacy. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Moving along here. True holiness is refreshingly, <clears throat> true holiness is refreshingly joy-filled goodness. It's good news. That's the good news. Holiness is joy-filled Uh, In Leviticus chapter 11, verse 45, it says, For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 48, Since you are children of a perfect Father in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. Jesus commands a perfection that is not based on performance, or flawlessness. The word perfection literally means complete. Our wholeness is restored through the sacrifice of Jesus. Holiness in the age of grace is wholeness. Does that make sense? Okay, track with me here. Since the wholeness is based on God's love, he restores security as well. God offers us the security of being loved without needing to change in order to win love. Loved by love that is freely given, that cannot be earned, so it cannot be lost. The changing happens because we've encountered love. We've had a face-to-face encounter with holiness. Holiness means wholeness. To say that God is holy is to refer to the wholeness, fullness, beauty, and abundant life that overflows from the Godhead. God lacks nothing. God was separated unto himself. He was set apart before he spoke, let there be light. He's separated from sin. He's separated from sickness. He's separated from disease. He's separated from pain and suffering. He's separated unto himself. God lacks nothing. He is unbroken, undamaged, unfallen, completely complete, and entirely within himself. He is the indivisible one. Holy, self-sufficient, and the picture of perfection. Holiness is not one aspect of God's character. 
It is the whole package of who he is. God's holiness is at the center of his being and is our key to understanding our Heavenly Father because God is set apart in a class all by himself. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read for quite a bit here. Is that okay? All right. I love the word. Don't you love the word of God? It's life. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance. We are reborn into a complete inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. Is it on the screen behind me? Okay, good. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with grief and many trials. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. You love him passionately, although you did not see him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime, and immersed in glory. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you, your soul's victory. This salvation was the focus of the prophets who prophesied of this outpouring of grace that was destined for you. They made a careful search and investigation of the meaning of their God-given prophecies as they probed into the mysteries of who would fulfill them and the time period when it would take place. The spirit of the anointed one was in them and was pointing prophetically to the sufferings that Christ was destined to suffer and the glories that would be released afterwards. God revealed to the prophets that their ministry was not for their own benefit, but for yours. Thank you, Jesus. And now you have heard these things from the evangelist who preached the gospel to you through the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. The gospel containing wonderful mysteries that even the angels long to get a glimpse of. Just let that sink in for just a moment. I'll read that again. The gospel containing wonderful mysteries that even the angels long to get a glimpse of. A call to holiness. So then, prepare your hearts and minds for action. The pursuit of holiness is like waiting upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run. They shall be actively pursuing. So then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, when, when I hear that, God's obedient children, is that I want to obey. I want to please him. It's not out of obedience for the sake of law. It's out of obedience for the sake of love. As obedient children, 
Never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One, the complete one who called you. For Scripture say, you are to be holy. You are to be complete because I am holy. Holiness means perfection in the sense of completion. When Jesus, the Holy One, came exhorting to be perfect, he was inviting us to a life of wholeness and holiness. The Greek word for perfect means complete or whole. Jesus was saying, be whole as your Father in heaven is whole. And that can only happen through relationship with Jesus. He was calling us to live that life, to be sozoed, (laughs) to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to walk in completeness. A holy and whole God stands in contrast to an unholy and broken world because of sin and separation. We live in a world of death um, in our natural state. We're consumed with needs. We're consumed with lack sometimes. We spend our lives trying to get things and go after things. Uh, But the only cure for brokenness is the revelation of a holy God that desires relationship with his children. Because in him we lack absolutely nothing. Think about that. We lack nothing. We don't have to strive to be holy. We just become imitators of our big brother Jesus, the firstborn of many brothers. Jesus was the example of holiness. And the holiness that Jesus walked into was that he was in right relationship with the Father. That's what holiness is. It's walking in right relationship with the Father. And the more I step in as deep cries out to deep and I pursue him, the pursuit of holiness, the highway of holiness, becomes my natural path never again to end up on this ditch or that ditch because he keeps us on the path of life. He holds us. He illuminates the path before us. Amen? When we start walking in our true identity of holiness, it's very important, um, I feel, to, to change vocabulary. Um, thank him for what he's done in your life. Here's some simple ideas and ways to do that. Whenever you hear or see the word holy or sanctified in scriptures, try replacing them with the words wholeness and complete. This gives us a kind of clear insight of what Jesus accomplished. Here's some example. 1 Corinthians 1-2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those complete in Christ Jesus and called to be whole. Ephesians 4, verse 24, put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and wholeness. 2 Timothy 1, 9, so do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord who has saved us and called us to a whole and complete life. He has called us to a whole and complete life. Here, I've come that you might have life, but life more abundant here. That's why the kingdom of God is at hand. It's upon us and it's inside of us. It's living the abundant life. Everything that Jesus paid for was to get us back into the daily adventure of walking with our Father in the cool of the day. That, as Paul said, to pray without ceasing. I love physical prayer closets, and I've got an office that I love to go to now and pray in the house that Abby and I have, but you are a walking prayer closet. To pray without ceasing, to having our minds, our affections fixed upon him, and as I focus on that and I magnify him and I worship him in the beauty of wholeness and holiness, 
everything else just fades away. And that's what we mean that you are walking revival. Wherever your feet go, the kingdom of God is expanded. The king and his kingdom, the king and his kingdom, the king and his kingdom are inside of you. For he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. You are a royal priesthood, a whole nation. You are a complete nation. We are the body of Christ. Many parts but one body. But if my foot is out of joint and my foot hurts, it affects the whole body. That's why it's important as us as individuals to be whole and complete in holiness with him. Because what we do in our aspects and attributes of going after him, it affects the whole. And it matters when you're here and you're not here. And it matters when you're engaging and you're not, or you're not engaging. It matters if you're on the fringe. I want to break off the spirits of fringe living outside of the realm of unity in the body. Spectator sports no more. You are a part of a large, beautiful family, and we need each other. We need to be whole and complete, and the Christ in you comes out, and it ministers to the Christ in me. That's what it is. It's about linking the body to be without spot, without wrinkle, to be whole, to be complete. It's getting over quickly offenses. It's stopping the slander. It's stopping the gossip. It's not one foot in and one foot out. It's saying, you know what, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this family. It's linking arms. It's being a whole. It's being complete. It's being a city set upon a hill. Not a fractured group of people, but a whole, holy nation, a complete nation, not lacking anything because Jesus lacks nothing, and he's inside of us. Guys, do we really understand that greater is he that's inside of us than he that's in the world? Do we have that marvelous truth inside of us? I'm waking up to that. I'm waking up to the reality that the more I pursue this life of holiness, that the more I encounter. Listen, guys, if you were to go to California and the massive fires that are out there and that, that just, you know, every year there's a massive fire outbreak in California. If a fire got close to a fence without even a flame coming to it, it would combust. So if you want to get into the aspect of living a holy life, get near the holy one. The more that we're with the holy one, the more holy we become. Set unto, and the setting unto takes care of, once again, the setting apart. Romans 6, but now since you have been set free from sin and have become wonderful, wonderful, in the best meaning possible slaves of God, you have your present reward in wholeness, and its end is eternal life. Jesus gives us a picture of a whole and holy life, unbroken and unstained by sin. Everything Jesus does is prefaced by holiness. His love is holy. His righteousness is holy. His joy is holy. Let me say it again. His love is complete. His righteousness is complete. His joy is complete. His grace is complete. His mercy is complete and lacking nothing. But be, and because of that, we can boldly go before the throne of grace. Again, grace being the mortar of the foundations of our life being built upon holy stones, living stones. 
Holiness was the pattern that Jesus modeled. Jesus pulled away from the crowd to have intimacy with the 12. And then he pulled away from the 12 to have intimacy with the one. Holiness is a call to a deeper level of intimacy. I want that in my life. I want to obtain and know everything that he made for. I should not be here standing before you. It's 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 a miracle of God. It's the grace and mercy of a holy God. I tried to live life as a Christian, and I cracked and I leaked out because I couldn't do it in my own strength, and I tried because, like I said earlier, my mom and dad had an amazing encounter with Jesus. I had an encounter with church. Does that make sense? And it led me to make choices because of not engaging a pursuit of holiness that led me deeper into a deeper dark ditch. September the 16th of 2017, when all my world came crashing down, and this man that was raised in church, that was a pastor at one point in time, if I name drop, you'd be amazed at the people that God had, I had the privilege of meeting in my life. But that day, I tried to do as much cocaine in one setting to leave this earth. And I don't glory in that. I glory in the fact that his grace and his mercy, a holy God said, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. And when I talked about refinement earlier, you need to hear that God is not done with you. No matter where you feel that you're in your relationship with him right now, I'm letting you know that today is the day of salvation. That you can walk in the path of holiness. That you don't have to go in and out. You don't have to go from this ditch to that ditch anymore. That you can stay on the path of life. There is a highway to holiness. And right now in this room, if you feel that you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus, you've never encountered Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of experience true freedom. Today is your day. Today is your homecoming. Today you get to step into intimacy. You can let go of preconceived ideas. You can give Holy Spirit permission to take an eraser and just go over the whiteboard of what you thought about God and have a clean slate. Today, today is the day. So right now in this room, in this atmosphere, you hear my heart. My heart's cry is to know a holy God, and that can only happen through a relationship with Jesus. September 17th, I woke up from what I should have been dead. I woke up September 17th with with breath in my lungs. And I I began the process of restoration and the road of redemption because I knew that God had saved me. And some of you here today, you're going to find out today that God is saving you. Today you can say yes to the more. Today you can let go of preconceived ideas. Today you can let go of hurts and disappointments of churches in the past. Today you can let go of striving. That's the great thing about holiness is it's surrender. Holiness is surrendering to the beautiful fact that that I messed up my life and I'm a mess outside of Jesus. But when we come to the end of ourselves, and I I see that cross in the back. When we come to the end of ourselves, that cross, when we see ourselves at the foot of the cross and the blood of Jesus is flowing over us, that cross becomes the doorway into the kingdom. It's It's the beginning of life. That symbol of death is the doorway into life. So right now in this moment, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes, just just for the sake of people not looking around. 
if you're here in this room right now, I always want to come into agreement with you to come into true relationship with Jesus. And right now in this atmosphere, I, I know we don't do this all the time, and I, I'm not trying to make something happen. I feel compelled by the Holy Spirit right now that if you're not walking in a right relationship with the Lord, that maybe you've had an encounter with church, but you've never had an encounter with a loving Savior. I just want to pray for you. If you've walked away and you find yourself right now in this moment, I know that what you're talking about, I'm in a ditch. I've overcorrected. I'm in a ditch. And I want to have the balance of holiness back into my life. If that's you, I just want to come into agreement with you. That's all I'm asking for. So I'm not going to ask you to come down here, but I, I do want to know, if that's you, would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you right now for everyone in this room whose hands are raised. I thank you, God, that they have a future. They have a bright future. And I just want to speak this over you, that your best days are in front of you because you're about to encounter true freedom. So, Father, right now, I just come into agreement. And just out of, in your own heart, in your own way, just, just, just talk to him right now. Say, Father, I just, I want to come into right relationship. You don't have to repeat a prayer after me. Just do it. You, you have it inside of you. And if this is the first time you've heard a message like this and you've, you've never asked Jesus to, to come into your heart, it's a simple yes. Jesus, I, I believe what you did was real. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you took away the, the aspect of me having to encounter death, hell, and the grave, that you took it all on for me. And I say yes to that. And I, I say yes to eternal life today. You can make that choice. Today is the day of salvation. First John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's just thank him for the blood. Just thank him for the blood right now. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. It speaks a better word. <laughs> mm. The Lamb of God. May he receive the reward of his suffering today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that now we get to experience the joy in the journey. <laughs> we thank you for joy. We thank you that holiness, the call to holiness is a call, a deeper level of intimacy with you. And we respond this morning with a resounding yes. We want to know you in a more intimate way. If we can do this right now in this, this atmosphere, just kind of being still and doing it. Could we stand And, I, and I, just, I just feel like right now that when the word of holiness and wholeness, um, we started talking about the body, that, that I, just, I just believe that splintering is done, that we're coming in a greater revelation of why we need each other. You're here for a reason. God brought you into this house. God brought you here today. You have a huge, large family that is cheering you on. No more hide and seek away. Now it's time to come into the fullness of family. 
So would you do me a favor? Just grab the hand of the neighbor beside you. And I just want you to, if, if you feel it and you can, just speak life over them. Just, just speak family over them. Just, just speak uh, words of, um, I don't even know how to say this, describe this, words of completion and wholeness as part of this body. And I, I do, I, I just break off the, the fringe spirit that is trying to pull people away from the body of Christ. I thank you, Father God, that you're bringing us into closer relationship with you and your body, that we need each other, God. We just release that over one another right now. Yeah. I just pray joy for the journey over them right now. Just pray and release joy over them. It's a good thing. Joy for the journey. God, I thank you that this journey that we're on together is joy-filled, and we overflow with joy, that we encounter you. You are joy. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys.